It's the Power Hour LSU podcast. Let's go! Will LSU survive the unthinkable? And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm hungover right now. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to recover. And before I move any further in this episode, we always started off with a question. Are you still hungover? Was Saturday night the biggest one of your career? You know, I don't... The biggest one of my career is going to be when we win a national championship. And so I'm focused on one thing when I came down here, and that's to win championships. Um, That's one game. Um, It was an exciting win, um, but I, I don't put it in the... The, the category of, of the biggest. Maybe for me, uh, probably as satisfying as a win for a group of guys that have committed themselves to a process and in that time have, have achieved a lot. Welcome back to the PHL Podcast, an epic Saturday, but I am very worried for the little piggies in Fayetteville. I'm not going to lie. So, obviously, this is our first episode since the Saturday Glorious Affair. And as many of you know, we do a lot of content over on Power Hour LSU's YouTube channel. We also have Power Hour SEC. And I'm not going to lie to you, I like to release episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays on this iTunes, Spotify, audio-only project. But yesterday, I was still hung over. And just to give you a little bit of a background here, I am not talking about a drinking hangover, right? Normally, we associate that uh, with the word hangover. They made four, wait, was it three or four Galifianakis movies? Either way, and and you can argue Bradley Cooper's the biggest star, but still. Uh, the truth, though, is I struggled recovering from Saturday. It was an emotional victory. It was a victory in which I have a gazillion stories because on Friday night, late Friday night, I got an email from a viewer saying, my wife and our family wants to give you two tickets on the 45-yard line, 60 rows up because we love what you do. And I want to shout out FACP monitoring for that. Uh, Again, that was just crazy. Um, But, you know, the simple truth is this. I was lucky to get to go and get to experience one of the most eclectic Tiger Stadium environments I've ever been a part of. And I do think this victory over Alabama was a little bit different in terms of satisfaction because we hadn't beaten them in so long. Um, Obviously, the only year we beat Saban in, in Tiger Stadium was 2010. And that's still pretty crazy to think about. And we win this game in a year that we thought we would never win this game. And it kind of blindsided us. You know, in 2019, we thought we had a chance with Joe freaking Burrow to win that game. I think a lot of us did think, including on our last podcast, uh, where we did a whole episode on how Nick Saban's uh, coaching has opened up uh, an opportunity for LSU to win this game because Bama hadn't been all that great on the road. Um, you know, the, the simple truth, though, is we were a little blindsided, not only how uh, LSU won, but why they won and who stepped up uh, for, for LSU to win this game. And honestly, it was a lot of three stars mixed with a lot of five stars mixed with the walk-on. So it, it was such a different 
type of victory. Um, and obviously, you know, the go for two decision and win it there was something that we obviously documented really closely on our live streams. Um, and I dedicated my entire first portion of the post-game live stream to that. So before I continue into this hangover episode, I want to say thanks to everybody. Met some viewers, met some listeners. Love it. Now, I struggled yesterday pushing record. I struggled to put together an episode because of how hard that victory was on our emotions. It really was difficult. And to be honest, it is going to be very difficult for LSU to turn the page and play an Arkansas team that actually is very physical and very solid and very hungry coming off one of the ugliest, and I'll just say it, it was the ugliest loss of the Sam Pittman era. So it's very interesting, all the different factors that are at play here. But you heard a minute ago, um, and, and it's ironic, uh, Matt Moscona, a lot of the questions he asked uh, in the Brian Kelly press conferences oftentimes turns out to be the center. And the clip that I use for my podcast, so shout out to Scone, that was a great question. And Brian Kelly gave a great answer, saying that no matter what, I want to win a championship. I don't care about this victory being the biggest of my career. And, you know, that that's something that I find to be very interesting of this whole Brian Kelly equation, right? Because we are in a very difficult spot as LSU fans, right? We've been lucky. And we are probably one of the more spoiled fan bases in terms of what we've gotten to witness, what we've gotten to accomplish, what we've gotten to represent over the past two-plus decades of LSU football. And it truly is crazy to think about that it is less than two decades ago when one of our first three national championships was won by the man that we obviously beat in Tiger Stadium on Saturday. So it's crazy to think about but there is an imbalanced relationship between the fans of LSU and Brian Kelly. And what's really interesting about this is, well, Brian Kelly is hungrier than us to win a national championship. Thus, his answer to that question from Scone. He's hungry to win and hoist the college football playoff championship. We have won three national championships. We have seen a Heisen Trophy winner. We have seen some of the most incredible talents to ever play college football just during this championship era, right? Just to think that that year with Marcus Spears and Kyle Williams, that players just as good, if not even better, have come through the doors of LSU. We are very, very, very lucky to be fans of a program that honestly is adored by many in the national media. There are so many people that say you got to experience Tiger Stadium and Death Valley. I know a lot of you have probably seen the Chris Fowlers and the Kirk Herbstreets talk about what they got to witness and be a part of on Saturday. We are very lucky to have experienced all of that. But the one person who hasn't, well, is Brian Kelly. Right. You know, the Southern game was the first time he's ever been in Death Valley for a game. And it is truly incredible that all of this is happening in his very first year. And that is why he isn't hungover. But we are because 
this year, anything that's happening right now is kind of just bonus, if you will. We're kind of playing on house money right now. We never have thought that this team would be where they are right now. And that win on Saturday was so unbelievably satisfying. But for Brian Kelly, who is a historian of this game, he knows that really only national championship winning coaches are remembered. Thus, the answer to that question. And I really do believe he believes that. He's not just doing coach speak. He's not just doing, well, the most important game is the next one, uh, which is kind of sort of the answer to that question, but obviously a little bit more on a grander scheme. He is more worried about winning a national championship. And in the grand scheme of things, as epic as Saturday was, it was probably bigger for us as LSU fans than it was to Brian Kelly. Because, yes, this was the first time he beat Nick Saban, and that is a big monkey off his back, especially considering how badly his Notre Dame teams performed. Um, but the simple truth is he knows he's got to win a title. And that is why he answered the questions the way that he answered them uh, earlier this week, trying to turn the page, keep the team humble and focused for the Arkansas game. And, look, I, I, I have struggled to overcome and – turn the page from last week's victory. And maybe one day I'll share all the incredible stories that happened after the game, uh, including uh, including doing the gritty with an LSU legend in the middle of a Baton Rouge street directly after the game, my phone dying. There's all these different memories I have for that game. And unless we win a national championship this year, nothing is really going to come close to what we all got to be a part of on Saturday. Whether or not you were there in the building, whether or not you're watching it on TV, we all had a very visceral and exciting reaction to what happened. But I'm telling you, I really do mean this. I, I don't think it means so much to Brian Kelly as we probably think it does. Yes, he loved the fact that the team won the game, but... Let's be honest, national championship opportunities are few and far between, and we have one right here. And I know that that seems far-fetched. I know that seems strange to think about, but if LSU wins out their games, they will win the national championship. I have a difficult time seeing this team not getting into the playoff as an SEC champion. And I think they will find a way to get into the playoff, even if it comes down to them and Tennessee getting into the playoff. I think the committee would put LSU in the playoff over Tennessee, even though that would be honestly very tough. There would be a lot of metrics against LSU, including game control. Um, I'm not going to get into all of that, but I, I, I do think LSU controls its own destiny, and Brian Kelly knows that. And yes, if LSU were to win the national championship, they wouldn't go down as one of the greatest teams of all time. They wouldn't go down as any of that. But ultimately, when it comes to national championships, they all count the same, right? Some teams are going to be remembered more than others, but it's either you win it or you don't. And in the mind of Brian Kelly, he's got to win one, not only for the pressure of LSU, uh, the last three coaches obviously winning titles, but also the pressure of Brian Kelly cementing his legacy in college football history. So, it's time to turn the page, okay? 
and it's going to be tough against a very physical Arkansas team come Saturday. Now, let me know what you guys think of today's episode. Once again, five-star reviews, all the good stuff. Uh, check out all our Power Hour LSU and Power Hour SEC stuff. And as always, we give a little extra nugget at the end. And this is a man who's deserved uh, or taken a lot of criticism. Some of it is deserved. Some of it is not. But Mike Dimbrock hasn't been talked enough about what he did in that game. Adjusting a few things. Um, Mike Golick Jr., who obviously played under Brian Kelly, saw a few things. Uh, and look, I'm a film study guy. He picked up on a few things that Dimbrock did really special. That was a really well-called game. And you give Jaden a lot of credit. When the game mattered the most, Jaden delivered darts. The ball, obviously, to Mason Taylor, both of them. Um, but really, the throw to Malik early in the fourth quarter and the the throw to Kayshawn to draw the pass interference, those are throws that Jaden had just not been making all year. And it's just ridiculous. When the game was on the mother effing line, Jaden was throwing the football like freaking Peyton Manning out there. I freaking love it. It is. The PHL Podcast, baby. Bam! And tonight, we are doing uh, Otakos Night 2. Let's go! 